Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're talking Facebook ads, Facebook ads and testimonial ads, testimonial videos, uh, both of which I'm passionate about. And those that are longtime listeners know I'm not a Facebook guy per se. I am a video marketing guy though. And I absolutely love testimonials and using testimonials and videos. Hey, Brett Curry here. I've got an important question for you. Where will your next big idea come from? Where will your next big breakthrough come from? Or where will your next little tweak or little improvement come from? Have a suggestion. Check out our guides and resources at omgcommerce.com. Are you looking to enhance your YouTube ads game? We have two of the best YouTube ad resources that are completely free, our YouTube ad examples and templates guide, and our guide to getting authentic video customer testimonials. But it doesn't stop there. We also have guides on how to maximize sponsor brand video on Amazon and Amazon DSP and Google Shopping and a variety of other things. So get these free guides, give them to your team, even share them with your agency. Just take advantage of these resources and up your game. Let OMG Commerce help. And now, back to the show. My guest today is Mr. Bob Regnerus, and he is the co-founder of Feed Stories, which we'll get into all that Feed Stories does uh, later in the show. He's also the author of the fourth edition of The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising in partnership with Perry Marshall on that book. Perry's a friend of the show. And so I'm uh, really excited to get dive into these topics. And with that, Bob, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on and really looking forward to this. Yeah, looking looking forward. Always good talking with you, Brett. And uh, we'll just have a little bit bigger audience this time. There you go. I like it. I like it. And uh, yeah, so excited to dig in here. Uh, very cool. First, first of all, congrats for authoring uh, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. Uh, I know the, the pain and, and sacrifice <laughs> it takes to, to be an author. Although, uh, I, so I wrote the ultimate guide to Google Shopping that Shopify published, but that was more like a like a supersized guide. Liz, you yeah. wrote like a real book, a real, real book. And so congrats this, on this that. This is a real book. This was 19 months of my life. Um, Dang, yeah. It, it was March of, geez, March of 2019 when, when Perry tapped me out of the shoulder. And um, so from that day forward, you know, so we, a lot of research and... Uh, yeah, I think I think we ended up at about 350 pages, and there was about yeah. 100, 150 that we cut out. So it was that, it was challenging. Yeah. I only to write all of that, then to to pare it down, so we had a really efficient book. So yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard, written a few, but this has been my biggest uh, undertaking of my career for sure. Well, well, congrats. Yeah, and I, I know I've heard I've heard that process. The editing process can feel like surgery. You know, you're amputating limbs and things <laughs> like that. You know, that's what yeah. pro- process is like. So, uh, really excited to to dive in, man. I, I know you know you and I have kind of collaborated together on a, on a couple of testimonial type projects. So your mm-hmm. company Feed Store is very good at getting testimonials and and doing that remotely. And so we'll talk about some of the cool things surrounding that. Yeah, uh, but let's let's talk about Facebook advertising. Let's just kind of talk about kind of the 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 face or the uh, sorry the state of Facebook advertising here where we find ourselves in, in 2021 uh, all kinds of concerns going on right there's there's yeah. increased privacy and, and potentially lack of tracking and, and attribution 
which is always an issue, you know, always potentially confusing. And, and that looks like that's maybe only going to get harder. So let's talk high level. And then you and I were talking kind of off the, uh, or before we hit record, you know, most of the e-commerce evolution listeners are, are pretty advanced. They're growing. They got a great brand, probably spending a decent amount on Facebook already, maybe dabbling into YouTube and using some more resources for that. Um, but what are some of the strategic considerations as someone's looking at, okay, how, how do we navigate this year and beyond? What are some of the, the big strategic considerations for Facebook ads right now? Yeah, I think it's, it's a good question. Um, it's just going to be, there, there's going to be more and more talk about this as, as we head uh, here into 2021. So I think if anybody realized what happened during the 2016 election and the follow-up from that, what we're hearing today should be of no surprise. Um, we're all familiar with the Cambridge Analytica, quote-unquote, scandal. I don't know if it's a scandal, but I mean, Facebook basically had an open portal to all their data and you know, a company, Cambridge, kind of figured it out and leveraged it to, to help elect the president. And from that, the fallouts kind of it's it's been it's been a, a snowball and is probably the best way to describe it in terms of what's happening now for us advertisers. So a couple of things have happened. Number one, we've lost a lot of our ability to target. Um, so we're already fighting with that. Um, that's that's number one. Uh, but what's happening now is more of uh, there's been a, a surge from. Uh, this really started in Europe, uh, GDPR. Uh, California, of course, is always kind of in front yep. of things with this, and so CCPA. But what we're really seeing here is Apple is the first large company to really kind of take a step forward and say, you know what, we're we're going to stand up for privacy. Um, you know, I, you you put Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, like you put those those four together. Apple's the one that kind of stepped in front of the line and said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna start putting some c- controls on privacy because it's getting out of control." Um, I think as a consumer, Brett, we look at that and go, "Well, that's a good thing, right?" I, I think we all want to have a level of privacy, and when we don't really understand what the big companies are doing with our data, it's it's a little scary. Yeah, as for a, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and just a, just a quick note for those that don't know, and I think most people listening probably do, but CCPA, that's the California Consumer Protection Act, correct? And then okay, yeah, G- yeah. GDPR is just the the, the British uh, equivalent or the, the European equivalent of that, right? Just looking at right. more more privacy, more protection for the, 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 the <laughs> right. shopper. In essence, a lot of work for your your uh, webmaster, developer, and, and lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Are. No um, kidding, yeah. We, we thought sure. we were avoiding it, but here we go. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but from a marketing perspective, like, so we're, we're trying to sell our products and services, like the, the ability for us to leverage what the big companies do for us. So in this case, Facebook, uh, we could t- say the same thing about Google, but I mean, it's really allowed us to micro target um, and find customers. Uh, what big companies know through, you know, the Facebook pixel and what people do on the Facebook platform has made, you know, using lookalikes and artificial intelligence really kind of a dream. You know, it's almost like an easy button now. Um, and and really what's happening now is th- there's going to be a fallout from all this. Um, Facebook knows it. And you know Facebook is scared when they take out full page, full, full page ad and do a full uh, PR campaign 
basically yep. campaigning against Apple. So, you know, they know, I they know that's going to be a major revenue hit for them. Yeah. They do know, right? And that's why they're so aggressive with this. Uh, you know, I, I just got off a coaching call and one of the things he said is, you know, w- you know, what happens when two Goliaths fight? Um, well, you know, who wins? Law- uh, lawyers get rich? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I-, I can guarantee you one thing. We as marketers will lose, <laughs> right? Right, right. No, yeah. matter what, no matter what happens here, we're, we're going to lose some things. So uh, essentially what's happening is there, there's going to be a lockdown on Apple devices. So we're talking iPhones, iPads, Macs. Um, there, there's going to be a prompt. If, if you are going to use Facebook, there's going to be this big, scary prompt um, on an Apple device that basically says, hey, you know, let Facebook use all my data. Or more importantly, it's going to be, hey, don't let Facebook use my data. Yep. So, you know, so what's going to happen? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is we're, we're going to lose um, some tracking uh, capabilities for sure. Uh, it's not like we're going to find a way to, to necessarily get around it, but it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect us as marketers. So tracking is going to become an issue. Um, Facebook has already talked about creating algorithms that model. <laughs> you know, they're going to try to create models to replicate what they have, but it's going to be very difficult for us to track um, sales and visitors and anything outside of a seven-day window. Uh, they're basically capping their attribution at seven days. Um, right now, it's 28 days. Um, so that's going to be a big change. Uh, the other, well, there's two other things. Um, I'll, I'll mention one, which may is probably not as important, but this is going to really disrupt the app industry. You know, all those games that we love playing on our phones for free, um, those are all supported by ad revenue. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, you know, in the middle of a Scrabble game or a, a game of solitaire, we get interrupted by a 15-second commercial. That's all powered by uh, the audience network, um, which which Facebook owns and it's it's ad space. So that essentially is probably going to go away. We're going to see app uh, people who rely on revenue from apps. They're going to have to switch to a subscription model if they want to if they want to stay relevant. So the audience network is going to it's it's kind of a wild west, but it's going to be a a placement that's going to be very difficult for us to advertise on now. Um, so that's going to mean, you know, a change to what we do. Uh, but what's going to what's going to affect us more, Brett, and especially you know those listening, is the ability to track on-site events. So, you know, website visitors and ads to cart and purchases and those things uh, is going to be. Um, I hope I can use this word. It's going to be crippled a little bit. Um, you know, we're we're going to lose some of the effectiveness. Um, and I'll I'll go over here in a minute some ways we can kind of mitigate that, but. Um, we're going to see a substantial change to our ability to track and build audiences off of people that visit our website. That that's going to be the biggest fallout out of this. Yeah, it, it's super interesting. And you know, you made a, you made an interesting point that I agree with, kind of at the top of this. That hey, as a consumer, as a shopper, I like the idea that maybe I'm not being tracked 100%. Right, that there are these big companies that essentially know everything about me. Uh, I, I don't know. I actually like the convenience of it too. Honestly, <laughs> I have yeah. a really hard—I have a really hard time unplugging my marketer's brain. But but I do right. see that, like from a consumer standpoint, okay, this this may be a good move. Uh, the marketer in me though see, sees these challenges, right? Sees them very clearly. Where you know we've really gotten into kind of this this uh, amazing era of uh, machine learning, you know, mm-hmm. subset of AI, where. We're now some of these smart bid algorithms that Facebook and, and Google use are really a lot, allowing us to do amazing things. You know, on, on the YouTube side, 
you know, we're scaling ad spend from, you know, 10,000 to $30,000 a day, sometimes profitably with, with a good YouTube ad. Uh, that's not that that's going to go away completely. I don't believe it will. No. But doing it the way we're doing it, it is going to shift. Now, I will say, and, and I'll, I'll get a little bit uh, uh, historic here as I talk about marketing, but I was actually, um, so I went through like reading a bunch of marketing classics years and years ago. And uh, one of the books that was recommended to me probably when I was in my early 20s was, uh, um, oh no, uh, Tested Advertising Methods by uh, John yeah. Caples, right? Yep. And so yep. so John Caples, one of the great, one of the all-time copywriting legends, well, you know, in, in his day, they tracked everything by mail order, right? And so they, they had, you know, the, the, the online didn't exist. None of that existed, right? Um, computers didn't exist at the time. So they would, you know, send out different ads and they would have different mailing addresses where someone would have to mail their coupon to, you know, <laughs> and then they would know because, hey, I received this coupon at this address that it was this ad, right? So like... Uh, we're never, it's all, marketing is always going to be about having the right message, the com- a compelling message to the right person at the right time. Uh, and we're just going to have to get creative. Like we're, we're going to have to maybe think about, you know, just, just to use a really good, quick and, and uh, rudimentary example, different landing pages for different creatives, right? Like we, we may have mm-hmm. to go get, we have to go go old school for just a little bit. Yep. Um, but I, I do think, and, and, and you mentioned that, you know, Facebook is working on models you know, AI and, and, and machine learning not going away, right? We'll still be able to leverage right. it. It's just going to be a little bit different. And so I think in some ways it's going to favor the smart marketers or the marketers that can really pivot and adapt, but, uh, but challenges on the horizon, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Rough waters ahead for sure. Well, it's going to affect the average advertiser and the beginners for sure, because yes. a lot of the things that we know, um, it's just because we we that's the way we had to live a number of years ago. Um, so I mean, obviously we're aging ourselves a little bit here, but you know, there's really been an easy button with digital advertising here in the last five six years for sure. Um, but you're right. Uh, you're you're going to have to be smarter about the way you kind of segment things. So what what I told my clients this morning is, you know, I, I'm putting a renewed emphasis on building your own list. Uh, the, the idea of sure. we're not just going to rely on Facebook to track our people anymore. Uh, it, it's going back to, I, I want to move them to a media that I have a little bit more control over. Obviously we know from, from what's going on currently uh, apps could get shut down. Websites can get shut down email services. Right. So di- diversification is probably uh, the most important thing we could think about not only diversifying your media, but diversifying kind of how you communicate with your customers and prospects. So I think there's going to be renewed emphasis on uh, building, uh, you know, building out forms to get email addresses and connect with people. But yeah, the more, uh, it's more rudimentary, right? I mean, it's more efficient to have a single landing page and let the pixel handle everything. You know, I guess we're kind of taking a step back in that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know that might be the reality of it, right? Exactly. Is we're going to have to create different landing pages, and you know, from a technical side, there's probably things you can do on the server and things like that to do better tracking. But sure. in reality, you know, what we're talking about is some of the really cool things that we can do inside of Facebook, uh, segmenting audiences, website custom audiences specifically, based on the, where you know when they hit our website or what part of our website. Uh, you know, I, I've got 
chapters in the book about how to use that, right? Uh, and some of that capability is going to be taken away. Now, not 100%. It's not like sure. that's going away. Uh, there's there's things that you could do, and maybe this would be a good time to get into it. Uh, there's, there's really three things that you should be doing as a Facebook advertiser or if somebody's doing it for you, uh, you should be checking into. The, the first is um, what's called domain verification. So inside a business manager, there's uh, a brand safety link. Um, it's very easy. This is something people have done, you know, for, for other services, but you want to get your domain verified. So it's either putting something on your domain or it's uploading a small file to your web server that basically allows Facebook to uniquely identify your domain, that you own it. Uh, that's, that's the first thing to do. Uh, the second thing, if you're using uh, something like Shopify, and I know a lot of our listeners are probably using that platform or one of the other major ones, uh, they've already integrated a new version of the Pixel, which is Facebook calls their conversion API. Uh, it, it basically allows the server, it, it's at a deeper level to do the tracking that we're really used to at a more cursory level with the, the JavaScript uh, portion of the Pixel. But uh, using conversion API uh, is, is another way for you to be able to do this. Um, uh, good news is even if you're not on an e-com platform, let's just say you're using WordPress, uh, the official WordPress plugin that Facebook has has been updated. So if you haven't updated that plugin, I would go ahead and do that sooner than later. Uh, that has the conversion API built in as well. And really what it means for us, Brett, is that it's going to allow us to track more people accurately uh, than we than we have before. Um, and there's one more thing in regards to the pixel. I'll just mention it here yeah, is please. there's there's something called advanced matching. And so when you put a form on your website, obviously people are putting in their name, their address, phone number, email, things like that. Uh, Facebook has the ability to obviously read the data that was inputted on that form. Uh, even if there's a pixel event, even if there's not a pixel event from that, let's say the pixel is blocked, uh, Facebook still is able to take that that demographic information and match it to their database. So even in that instance, advanced matching, uh, you're able to sometimes get a, a match on something even when the pixel is blocked. And we have a client right now where we get 15% uh, of our of our conversions are from advanced matching. So uh, this is sent from the event setup tool. Uh, if you're not technical with inside of Facebook, wh who's ever handling your Facebook account can go in there and do that. But those are three things that you could do right now uh, that will help at least mitigate some of the fallout from this. Yeah, and, and I think you know one important thing to note is, hey, Facebook is still going to be able to keep their data, right? Where they know they know that that Bob is logging into Facebook and they see what you're right. liking and commenting on. Like they, they see what happens right. in their own ecosystem. Google's going to be able to still do the same thing, right? They see what you're searching for. They see what you're doing mm -hmm. on YouTube, stuff like that. So that that's their ecosystem. Well, that's, uh, and that's really is, yeah. the good thing. That's the good yeah. thing, Brett. Let me, let me jump in here is that sure. anything that happens within the Facebook universe is completely the same. Yes. So, so uh, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot and it's it's because our company does it, but video, video custom audiences are still going to be valid. Uh, even if you're using an Apple device that's blocking the pixel, Facebook still knows what videos you watched within the, within yep. the platform. It knows how long you watched it. So a lot of the strategies we talk about in relation to timing content 
uh, based on the, the number of seconds or the percentage of a video watched, um, that's still going to be there. Uh, lead forms, uh, the lead form objective type is still going to be there, collecting emails and, and data within Facebook itself, uh, instant experiences. So all these interactive uh, elements within Facebook ad platform now are not going away. And so it's a time for us to maybe shift away a little bit um, or not totally rely on landing pages and forms like that, uh, but maybe shifting some of the focus to doing those types of things. And then the other thing that Facebook has done is uh, both on the Instagram and Facebook platform is roll out like these brand new shopping interfaces. So I think this is probably going to affect a lot of people, Brett, that you're working with and yep. is like you're going to have to kind of have a, a a second store, like a Facebook store or an Instagram store set up to sell your products. And, you know, it's it's all fair game inside of there, right? Um, yep. So it's it, kind of like you got Shopify and, and Facebook running at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's something that's been discussed for a long time and Facebook has kind of dabbled in it a decent amount. I know that Facebook marketplace has really taken off kind of the, you know, Facebook's answer to Craigslist, so to speak, the, the actual, you know, like Facebook's answer to Google shopping as an example, that really hasn't taken off, but I bet it will one day. And, and actually I, I view it as a good thing. I mean, we, we, we do a ton with Google shopping, but uh, yeah. I, I ultimately we just want merchants to be successful. So if that means, Hey, we can, sell more on, on Facebook. And that's an additional marketplace that we can sell on in addition to Google Shopping and Amazon. Then, then that's awesome. Uh, one thing I think that will also do, getting back to your information that, that Facebook can track, um, you know, on the Google side, Google builds what's called in-market audiences where they can see based on what you're doing on, through search that, hey, I'm in the market for uh, lacrosse gear. My daughter's playing lacrosse. That's not <laughs> in my mind, but I'm in the market for lacrosse gear. I just bought, you know, sticks and bags and balls and all that stuff. Uh, now Google can build an audience around that, right? In market audience. Yep. Facebook can do the same thing and Facebook is doing the same thing now. But again, that's going to be another component where, hey, I can see what someone is shopping for on Facebook. And so now I can still put them in that in market audience. I don't know what they call it uh, in, in the Facebook world, but but the, but the equivalent of an in market audience, that, that's all data that Facebook's going to be able to use and that you're going to be able to use that shopper behavioral data, which is super powerful. That's all there. And Facebook yeah. really kind of pushed Google on that, uh, Facebook was way ahead in terms of audiences. Um, Google, they I think were, still no doubt. Yeah. 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 yeah and one thing I will, to... yeah, one thing I will just plug really quickly is, you know, we, we talked to a lot of Facebook advertisers. A lot of people come to us that are spending, you know, 100, 200, 300,000 a month on Facebook and they want to do something on YouTube and, you know, lookalike audiences. Maybe we can talk about audiences in a minute, but lookalike audiences on, on Facebook, I know they're so powerful. They're so good. And it makes sense. Like, it makes sense that that type of audience would be just killer. Well, Google has their own version. It's called similar to audiences. Mm -hmm. And I'll just be, I mean, and I'm a Google guy. I love Google, but they're not that good. They're not that good. Like it's just hit or miss. Sometimes you have a similar to audience, it crushes it. Other times it's just kind of hit or miss. We did see, and I'll, I'll be careful here because uh, of some NDAs, but we got to see an alpha of some stuff Google's doing on, on like a new version of similar to audiences. It's not all that. Um, that looks pretty wicked amazing. But for now, like Facebook is totally kicking Google's butt when it comes to uh, lookalike audiences, in my opinion, from my observation anyway. Yeah, and, and it's really, it's, it's based on two things. Number one, people spend a lot of time within Facebook's platform. So they they track all that behavior, right? They know what they like, they know what they read, they know what they comment on. So, you know, that's why everybody's newsfeed's customized. And then the second thing is the pixel itself. So it knows on 
you know, in-app activity and it knows off-app activity. So, you know, like my wife and I, uh, you know, we're kind of doing our, our winter prep, you know, with, with our golfing and getting ready for the spring and trying to take a trip down to Florida here soon. And, you know, we're, we're looking at golf stuff. Well, guess what our Facebook feed is filled with, right? It's golf stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, Facebook is just really good. And again, I, I think as a user, I'm okay with that because, you know, I'm not better than ads. and ads, right? Yeah. Right. I'm not seeing ads for things like I'm not seeing ads for lacrosse gear which is good, right? Because um, I don't I don't have a daughter that plays lacrosse, so that, that would be irrelevant to me, right? Um, but I do golf, and so I do appreciate some of the things that get in my newsfeed related to that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consumer, right? Um, and so that's, that's a big benefit. That's a huge benefit to the marker. And, and, you know, Facebook is right in that way. The way they're arguing it is we're going to lose a little bit of that. You know, they're going to lose the ability to, to do that, that scary targeting that we all talk about. Yeah. Um, um, but I, you know, I, I, I agree with them on the point of it's a benefit to the user when, when a marketer can super target an ad. Yep, yep, um, unfortunately, yep. there's a lot of bad apples, Brett, that you know don't listen to us. That just to do things really crappy. Always, and, always the bad apples that <laughs> right? ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah, I absolutely. Say they're so, the ones that they're the ones that pee in the pool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about some audience strategies. Just any anything new or any considerations you know related to uh, strategic audience targeting, and then I want to move into kind of some ad uh, creatives, and then we talk testimonials uh, as well. But Let's talk audiences. Anything, anything new or or any tips, suggestions, ideas yeah. you would give to people for audience targeting right now? Yeah, I mean, this has really shifted, and and it's really become simple. In 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 our opinion, is that as long as we're creating good models, meaning we're we're modeling our customers or our best customers, uh, lookalike audiences is absolutely where you should be running your prospecting ads against. I know there's still people that want to build really careful, detailed interest target audiences, but I, I found it to be way more effort than 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 it's worth. Uh, Facebook themselves, uh, I, I've talked with Facebook engineers, people that actually work on the algorithm. Like Bob, you know, we we could target much better than you. So like focus focus on the ad creative because that's way more important. Um, you know, as long as we have the right campaign objective and and we're and we're using some of the AI. Uh, we're going to get most of our results from how good our ad is and how good our, yes. our offer yes. is. Uh, so we, sh- we as marketers, sh- we-, we should be spending 80% of our time uh, working on our offers, working on our creative. That- that's where the real wins are. So from that perspective, you know, using a good lookalike, as long as you have a good model. Um, you know, I've come across a-, a few accounts lately that I've done audits on where they've got really, really old lookalikes, meaning, you know, they, they created a model... I just looked at this one the other day. They had a model from 2018 and they were still using that lookalike in a prospecting ad. Um, I, I like to keep those things as fresh as possible. So, you know, create a new model. You know, your customers change. Uh, their, their, their demographics change. You know, upload fresh customer lists at least like once a quarter, maybe maybe twice a year. But and, and create new lookalikes off of that. And it's really interesting to see how different those are when you start to kind of do some comparisons inside of the audience tool. So that, that would be my, my best recommendation is keep a good, fresh model. 
so that you're, you, you have that recency built into your models so you get a much better lookalike uh, when you do prospecting. Love that. Uh, I think that's super, super smart. And, and I love what you said uh, because it's, this is the same on, on YouTube. I know I've been making the, the comparisons of YouTube and, and Facebook a lot, but I think it's really relevant. Like the two play well together. They're, they they complement each other and, and, yes. and some similarities there. So one of the things we talk about a lot, and this is you know info directly from Google, but we've seen it uh, pan out where you know like fifty to eighty percent of your success on YouTube is the creative, right? It's the mm-hmm. actual ad you're running because it's amazing where you know if you're talking to the right person but saying the wrong thing, you're going to get nowhere. Uh, obviously, right. if you're you know selling retirement homes to to teenagers, that's not going to work either. So audience plays a, a part in it, but but a lot of your success is going to come from the creatives themselves. And so let's dive into that a little bit. Um, What are you focusing on? Are you doing more video ads? I know video is a specialty of yours. So I want to get into some some specifics there in a minute, but are you running more video than image ads? Does it depend on the client? What what does that mix kind of look like right now? Yeah. I mean, there isn't a client that I work with that we're not pushing video um, in the newsfeed. The, there's a technical there's a technical advantage to this um, because again related to tracking if we lose a hundred percent accuracy in terms of people landing on a website uh, we're not going to lose that within the Facebook platform so a video custom audience uh, here's what I found Brett and this is you know I, I could I could throw numbers out there but essentially we're finding that let's just say for an average of a one minute video, uh, somebody that watches 75% or more of a video, I have found has has proven more valuable than a landing page visitor. Um, so that, that means this. We don't, know nec- we don't necessarily know how long somebody spends on a site unless we set up our tag manager for scroll depth right, or things right. like yep. that, right? Yep. Which, which you should be doing. But I, I know this, you know, a landing page visit is is kind of uh, it's a little esoteric, but somebody that watches forty five seconds of a one minute video, I know they spent forty five seconds with me. Yes, yes. That is that is an eternity in internet time. It really is. <laughs> right? It really is. Right. And so, yeah. if you're nailing your video creative, I mean, you, you you nailed it there. Which is, you know, if you've got a good message to market match. If if the video is compelling, if you if you hook them, if you talk about the problem, if you agitate the problem, you develop you know a, 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 a solution to offer them and have a good clear call to action, you know a forty five second or more video viewer viewer converts on the back end significantly more than somebody who just who just lands on your website. So we are we are pushing video as much as possible. Facebook has been pushing for years for shorter and shorter video and we started to buy into that but we've actually gone the opposite way we're, we're using longer and longer video um, kind of our standard video length at least for a cold audience is about a minute and we'll, we'll go 30 seconds shy or 30 seconds over that but we have found that uh, a good one minute video in the Facebook newsfeed that is structured properly um, carries a lot of weight um, and and does and does more than than what we could do necessarily on a landing page. Um, so that that's kind of what we're pushing uh, in terms of our clients on the on the cold traffic side. 
on the warm traffic really side, fun. you know, we're 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 running some videos. Sometimes they're two minutes, five minutes. We run fifteen minute videos, uh, uh, kind of middle of funnel. If you have a complicated or expensive or engaging type of product or service, and people are in the market for it, um, they're, they're going to watch that content. You know, maybe they don't watch it all the way through, but they're absorbing a lot of that. So, I, I have found video to be. Uh, I mean, geez, it's been since 2016 that we've really shifted so much to video, but video is so much easier for people to consume on their mobile phones. And 90 plus percent of our traffic is mobile related. Um, so videos, uh, and I'll, you know, just, I'll, I'll say this, people don't like to read, but they do like their captions on because most people watch videos with the sound off. So yes. you know, be, make sure you use captions on your videos, but uh, it's just consume more. You, you get better yes. engagement and you get better pricing. You know, you. Yeah. I, I want. I don't want to say you get a discount, but because it's cheaper than some of the other advertising you do, I, I see it as a discount. Yeah, and and the way you know Facebook looks at it is, hey, people are more likely to engage with a video ad, and because because consumers do like it, and so you get rewarded a little bit by by slightly mm -hmm. lower ad cost with that, which which makes sense. And uh, yeah, all of those really valid points. I want to key in on, on something really quickly and then we'll talk testimonials. I love that you guys are going longer uh, with the videos. That, that's awesome. Uh, Google as well, you know, YouTube, they're making a push for shorter videos. We're not really seeing that work at all on our end. Like anything less than 30 seconds, we're not finding success with on YouTube. And I talked talk to a lot of other big YouTube advertisers um, and they're all kind of in the same uh, boat, you know, kind of that minute and a half to two and a half minutes is... I mean, yep. even even longer on YouTube than on on Facebook in some regards, but uh, but yeah, that that's really interesting, and I think that just goes to show, like, you should listen to your Facebook reps, you should listen <laughs> to what conventional wisdom is, but you should test because sometimes what they say <laughs> is totally self serving, even and sometimes the reps don't even know it, right? They're just they're just saying what they've been told to say. They, um, they don't know, yeah. They're yeah. they're 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 there to meet objectives. Um, they have to have a certain number of phone calls, in-person appointments, and then there's there's an agenda they push. But yeah, but yeah. I really like what you said, Brett. Um, I think Facebook and YouTube, in terms of video, really complement each other. And if you're having success on Facebook using video, I think it's a fairly easy jump to YouTube. And I think vice versa, what you found working on YouTube, you can shift to Facebook and make it work fairly well. A little Absolutely. bit different, in, right? A little bit different in yeah. terms of the the technical part of it, but the creative, the creative, the important part uh, ports real well between the two platforms. It, it does port well. Sometimes you have to make a few tweaks to the opening of the video. And, you know, if you're going from Facebook to YouTube, you can't rely on any of that, you know, copy block above the video like you have on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not there mm -hmm. on YouTube, but... But yeah, similar uh, ability to target people. Uh, creatives work pretty closely, although they are somewhat different. But yeah, you're 100% right. If you're finding success with Facebook video, YouTube should be something you're considering. If you're really crushing it on YouTube, uh, you should be running video ads on Facebook without a doubt. And so, uh, yeah, so I think that's really important. Well, let's talk, let's talk kind of quickly. And I know we're, we're sort of up against it. Got time for a few more things to discuss here. Yeah. Let's talk about testimonials. So let's, yeah. um, first of all, kind of share what you guys do at Feed Stories. I think it's really unique and, and really interesting. So talk about what you do, and then we'll talk about, you know, kind of the how and whys of testimonial videos. Yeah, Feed Stories is really, uh, Feed Stories was born out of a meeting I had at Facebook in 2016. Um, I was down in Austin, and there was about 100 
advertisers in the room. It was kind of a pre-holiday thing and, you know, they were pushing some strategies and things like that. But man, for, for two days straight, all they kept talking about was video. So it was funny, you know, I, I was a Facebook ad agency at that point. Um, uh, more, more of a solo guy, I should say that. I had a couple of yeah, people yeah. helping me. But, but so I, 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 I went downstairs, I went outside, I called um, my, my current business partner, Brandon Boyd, who's a, a creative and copywriter, he's a graphic and copywriter guy who had been working in video. I'm like, hey, Brandon, like, do this. <laughs> all they keep talking about is video and there's all this proof and everything was like... Facebook and Instagram, just pushing towards video. I said, we really got to focus in on that. So that, that's kind of where Feed Story was born, a conversation in uh, late 2016 uh, on the streets of Austin. And uh, what we do is we, we work with uh, companies, individuals uh, doing video, and it's, 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 it's built for the newsfeed, built for you know, YouTube, built for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and the type of video that we do is is very much like you and I are doing, having conversation. Uh, we, we do interview style or face to camera. Uh, we do some things like some animation, some graphic stuff. But we, we really try to build a story behind an individual or a brand. And with, with, with the eye of a copywriter, right? Um, the, the eye of us helping the person sell. So, you know, video, obviously you dabble in video, Brett, like there's video that looks good and might win some awards, but then there's, there's video that actually sells. So um, we feel we have this superpower here at Feed Stories to pull a story out of somebody's head and organize it into a really coherent sales process. So it's not just a single video course, it's a video over time. And you know, uh, we, we, we call it deep funnel marketing and I, I outline it all in the book that you, that you mentioned, but we're really dealing with uh, creating content for top of funnel to get people's attention, content in middle of funnel to nurture them and content in the bottom of funnel to close them. And you, you said a phrase that's almost identical, uh, Brad, I, I, in all my training, I talk about the right audience, the right content to the right audience at the right time. And that's yes. kind of what we're all about. And we love video because it's engaging. Uh, people, I mean, look, you know, obviously during 2020, we've lost the, that personal connection. And I think people really need that. So they do. I, that. I, I just feel, and, and you know, Brandon and I feel like, why not try to develop as much uh, magnetic connection with your with your market as possible? So we really love getting people within a business, the, the founder, the owner uh, on camera and and find out why they do what they do and you know connect with people on a story level. Um, and then what what really came out of that, Brett, you, you mentioned testimonials. We have a service called testimonials.live. My favorite thing to put in the middle of funnel is if you do anything, do testimonials. It, it's just the most powerful thing that you could have in marketing. You and I can sit here all day and talk about ourselves and try to sell our agency and our coaching services all day long, uh, our you know seller e-commerce products, whatever it is. But when somebody who has actually paid us money has the um, has made the step to get on camera. And to talk about the transformation they've had by doing through doing business with you, it's the most powerful marketing tool in the world. So we love uh, getting uh, a client's customers on camera and and walking them through a simple process to help them tell a really great story about your company. 
And it, it's absolutely magnetic type of content that, that closes business for you. Yeah, I, I just love it. And I, and I think testimonials can be used in a lot of different ways. You know, I think they could be sprinkled into your cold traffic or top of funnel videos because, you know, testimonials make make all of your claims easier to believe. You know, when you can use a testimonial to overcome an, an objection, that's powerful. You use, you know, testimonials for proof. That's all really powerful. We, we've even run some top of funnel videos that are just a mashup of, of testimonials. I, I think, though, know, you're 100% right. That often works really well mid-funnel, you know, because a lot of times yeah. mid-funnel, you know, you got someone's interest, you know, they're, they're, they're at least somewhat interested and aware of the product, but they need more, right? They need more education, yeah. more convincing, just a little more proof, right? To get them, to get them over the edge. Uh, and, and what's so great about the way you guys approach testimonials, and this is the way I've always done it, uh, done, get some TV background, but this way I've always wanted to approach it is you interview, right? You're not... Yep handing someone a script. You're not saying, yeah. hey, could you say these specific things? You're just interviewing and letting them speak in their own words because you need that authentic testimonial to come through. It just is so much more powerful when someone says something in their own words and it's from the heart. Yeah. And, and you can feel that, you know? And that may be a big difference between us and other video companies. Um, we we have never used a script. In fact, the only time we've used a script twice, and it was for animated video because we had we had a, a spokesperson read it. Um, I, I think I think like you and I are having this. You know, we kind of planned a little bit what we're going to talk about, but we really didn't know the way the conversation was. Exactly. Going exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way we approach a video session. It takes a lot of pressure off somebody to say, look. I'm going to take, I'm going to be the interviewer. I'm going to take a lot of pressure off for you. I'm, I'm going to give you the high level points we're going to cover, but all you have to do is talk about what you already know. And people are just way more comfortable on camera because they don't have to worry about, all right, did, did I say it right? You know, yeah. when you ask somebody to memorize something, their energy goes down, they become closed off. That's, yeah. that, that doesn't play well on camera. What you really want, you know, when, when you watch a news show, when you watch somebody being interviewed, they're, just, they're talking about what they know. And if you have a really gifted director or interviewer who can pull that out of you, like it makes for a really compelling video. And so, you know, whether it's you on camera or it's, it's, your, it's your customers on camera, like having somebody just ask some questions and have a conversation, it makes really, really compelling video content. Yeah, and yeah, you don't don't hand a script to someone unless they're an actor, right? If they're oh. if they're a professional actor, great. If not, yeah, no, uh, just just have a conversation. Oh so. yeah, I mean they have years of training on how to make that look natural. But right. yeah, we're not trying to put put on a production here. We're we're trying to tell a story, and yeah, for 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 the lay people, absolutely, a script is just absolutely it's so restrictive. It's it's never worth it. Yep. Yep. Uh, awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about the book. Uh, first of all, anybody listening, you can tell like, hey, uh, Bob knows his stuff. Obviously, <laughs> Terry never would have partnered with him if he didn't. But you got a glimpse of it, you got a taste of it here. It's awesome stuff. I love how you talk about the deep funnel strategy and getting the right video for top of funnel, mid funnel, bottom of funnel. Um, where can people find the book? I'm sure in the obvious places, but yep. where can they find it? Any other, anything else you would mention about the book? And then I'm just curious, do you, do you have an, is there an audible version of the book yet? I, I uh, enjoy listening, but no, no problem if not. Yeah, no, um, there's, there's been no talk about an audible version because there's so many visual elements within uh, the book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah, of screenshots. Point. So the book itself 
Um, the, the way the way I approach the book is there, there's got to be kind of the technical hands-on manual type stuff, you know, go here, do this, this is what it looks like. Um, so that's that's obviously a part of the book. But I did fill the book with a lot of timeless strategy stuff. So, yes. you know, you yes. and I reference older, uh, you know, people that have come before us and wrote books like John Capel. Um, I talk about Eugene Schwartz quite a bit. In the book, that is a legend. Yeah. Breakthrough advertising, 1966. Like what? You're talking about that in a Facebook book, but um, still so, so relevant. Yeah, I, I'm a basketball coach, so nice. Me wait, too. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been coaching basketball since I was 16 years old. So I mean, I'm I'm going on year 35 here soon of, of basketball, but I, I approach it from a fundamental standpoint because that's how. That's how I help my players and my teams win, right? Is focusing on the fundamentals. So I, I take the same approach to my my coaching clients uh, and you know consulting gigs. Is uh, I, if I if I if I get you to apply the right fundamentals, um, you know the thing that works today and goes away tomorrow is really not useful to you. But if you learn this fundamental, you're going to be able to adapt and apply it over years. So, you know, my idea is, yeah, obviously the book needed to rewrite. It was three years old. A lot of the technical stuff was completely out of date. Um, so my goal in, in, in writing this version was, uh, yeah, there's going to be a little bit that's going to be out of date, but the fundamentals that are in here, the direct marketing principles, um, I've had a lot of people read it, Brett, that are just getting started and they're really, they're getting a good marketing education. And that kind of touches me um, in a really deep way, because I'm helping somebody learn what you and I kind of breathe every day. Yeah, so yeah. the book is filled with this. So um, yeah, obviously it's available at major retailers. I have a resource site, ultimatefb.com. Uh, I've got interviews with some of the people that helped me uh, with it. Uh, Ryan Dice wrote a chapter. Jeff Walker wrote a chapter. Uh, Brian Kurse wrote a chapter. Uh, so I interviewed them and I got a number of other people that I talked uh, with. So I've got those interviews there as a bonus. Uh, I'd love for you to go over there and opt in and, you know, uh, learn a few things from some people that I really admire, uh, ultimatefb.com. And, you know, if you're interested in video and testimonials, feedstories.com would be another good way to get a hold of me. Awesome. That's fantastic. Bob has been amazing. Uh, I'm going to check out the, those interviews at ultimatefb.com. I, I have not seen those yet, so I definitely want to, to do that. Cool. Uh, if you don't already have it, get the ultimate guide to Facebook advertising. Highly, highly recommend it. Uh, with that, Bob, man, thank you so much for the time. It's been a, a ton of fun. We could have talked like another two hours. I still would have enjoyed it. We could have. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really appreciate it, and we'll have to do it again sometime. That was an honor, Brett. Always good talking with you, man. Fantastic. Thanks, Bob. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear more from you. What would you like to hear more of? What topics would you like us to dive into? And if you have not done it already, we would love to get that review on iTunes. It makes our day and helps other people find the show. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking. 
like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.